This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and, the interta- and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host show. He's got his pug in hand, and he's ready to charge into this podcast, Ryan Nelson. <laughs> we will be talking so much about that pug. We are. But... Uh... Shout out Kyle McLaughlin. No one went on a crazier 10-year run in film history. We're talking this, Dune, Blue Velvet, <laughs> Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, I forgot you in that. The, the Doors. He's the villain in the Flintstones movie. Oh, is he and really? Then he, and then he finishes the 10-year 10, the 10 run with a little movie called Showgirls. Oh, yeah. What a wild... Wow, 1984 to 1995. Yeah, that's true. I, there's a lot of films I didn't realize he was in Showgirls. I haven't seen Showgirls, but uh, yeah, that's that's quite quite the ride it's, to it's say something. the least. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's he will, he will definitely be in our uh, topic of discussion today. So, uh, if you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the 1984 version, David Lynch's vision of dune uh the frank herbert <laughs> novel uh whether or not you are new or regular and would like more access to the show you can visit our patreon page and become a patron of the main attraction podcast go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get patreon only content you can support us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level when you join up we'll shout you out here on the show if you want ad-free access to the podcast, any level of being a Patreon supporter will get you the show ad-free. Doesn't matter which level you sign up for, all four levels get you the show without commercials. Now, if you want additional bonus content, though, you're going to have to go for the five, the ten, or the twenty. But if that's all you want, I just want my, I just want my podcast without commercials. Then go to the three-dollar level, sign up for that, and you can have our podcast without any ads. If you can't be a patron, though, you can help the show out. You can rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can leave us a five-star rating. Excuse me. And if you have time, uh, you can write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you'd like to interact with the show, we'd love for you to do so. Send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any thoughts or questions you have. We'd love to hear any suggestions you might have for things for us to cover. Uh, like I said, just send us any of those. Uh, Nate, you sent us a really good recommendation. We're going to probably get to that at some point. Uh, I can't remember it. I can't find yeah. the email on it right now. So Swiss Army Man, which okay. I want to see. Yeah, like I said, well, I have not seen it. Uh, you said you have seen it, right? Haven't you? I haven't seen it, but I know what it's about. I'm not telling Justin. I, I know what, what you're getting at, Nate. Uh, but yeah, I have not seen it, but uh, like I said, we are pro- we'll probably get to that. Uh, we've just got a couple things coming up uh, with uh, the regime and with Shogun, uh, so we'll probably need to get through those first, but then we will come back to that. So, but like I said, but if anybody else would like to send us some, some uh, recommendations, we'd love to hear those. So, uh, But send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
All right, so uh, reminders, I'm going to be doing this for a little while until uh, hopefully help us grow these two things. Uh, we are recording these for YouTube, uh, so if you would like to watch our podcast instead of listen to us, we are here. Our lovely smiling faces are on YouTube. Uh, so you're welcome to do that. Uh, also, if you are into TikTok, uh, I'm trying to get some TikToks out there. Try to do a few every so often. Uh, I'm just not great at TikTok. I do try my best with it, uh, but I do try to break up some clips and post those to TikTok. TikTok, post them to Facebook and Reels. We look like TikTok stars. We do. Like, we, we absolutely <laughs> do. So, uh, you know, as our friend Brian Haydad said, he's going to start a site for for uh, for because uh, there's a body type for everyone. Uh, he said he's going to start a site called yes. Only Fats. Only so. Fats. Yes. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so. Like I said, if you want to, if you'd like to, if you're into those things, I'm trying my best to get that stuff pushed out. Uh, it does take me a little bit of time, but I do try to get those things pushed out. So, all right, so. We are here to discuss 1984 version of Dune. Now, I will just go ahead and tell you this much right now. I know there are there is a number, there is a large number of people who love this film that love every part of it. My mother was one of those people. Uh, I know they exist. I know they are real. Uh, so, if you came to this podcast hoping to that you'd be hearing someone heap praise upon it. You might be disappointed. I'll just go ahead and tell you this much. And look, well, I will. I will say this: Had I watched this when I was young, I, it may be. I, I may have a, a love for it. That maybe I, that as watching, you know, forty years later as a man came to <laughs> to the elder age. Yeah, I, I didn't see. You know, I, I didn't have a, a fondness for it. I have a fondness for the backstory, and right. I like what Lynch was trying to do. Though. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, look, there are some things that look. There are some positive things I can say about it without you know being uh, unironic. Uh, there are some things like uh, you can tell there was. I, I'm going to say it looks good. There, like when they're not doing visual effects. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. When, it looks good. When they're doing visual effects. Whoever did the visual effects, I think, was using Atari. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. It really is. Uh, that first trade scene looked <laughs> just horrific. It, but, uh, it, whatever it, the, the... What is it called? The uh, like the, the, the shield? shields yeah. or whatever. It was all. It looked like Pong or something. Yeah, you, you're correct. It, it, it doesn't look great. Um, it's yeah, an interesting thing. But, but here's... Can we, can we talk about the backstory of this movie? Yeah, I want to get into that. So, yeah, that's the most fascinating thing. This is where this what this movie does. We should be thankful for because I believe his name is Alejandro Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky. So he wants to make a very. He is a Spanish filmmaker. Right. He wants to make a version in the seventies. They start working on it. They don't get it. Right. So then. Everyone from that film besides him goes and makes Alien. They they hook up with yeah. Ridley Scott and make Alien. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that's insane. It that, is. Like, all the visual effects that they were making for Dune that they didn't use, they just took them to Alien. Yeah. Then, then Ridley Scott looks like he's going to direct this film. And, like, his brother dies and he doesn't. So then he's like, nah, this movie's too much. I, I can't do it. So then he goes and does Blade Runner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So because of Dune, we get Blade Runner. Then David Lynch has made Elephant Man, and he's the hot director. Yeah. George Lucas 
attempts to get him to do Return of the Jedi, which is insane to think I, I about. I cannot imagine what that would have been like. I cannot imagine. So he turns it down. Thank God. So they got the other guy who ever did direct yeah, I've not that, that movie. And then we get this. Just that backstory that, oh, and then all the people that were, you know, did Alien, they end up doing all these other movies like T2. Like, the everything that was involved in the making of this movie, including the people who didn't, have this long-running part of Hollywood, yeah. and especially science fiction, but they don't have their hands in this film. No, it's they, just wild. Yeah, it, it is. Back to the- yeah, it's... It's really just it. It's like it was cursed from the moment it started. Um, yeah. And you know, one of the things about this film, David Lynch. I don't. Is he a legendary filmmaker? It, would we describe yeah, him as a legendary? A, he was a legendary. I think this is the only movie he's I've seen. I've never watched Twin Peaks. No, I've never watched Twin Peaks either. I haven't seen. I thought I, you were a Twin Peaks fan. No, I've always wanted to see it, but I, I've never got around to it. Uh, I, I wanted to start. I went to go start on Netflix a while back, and uh, for whatever reason, I had to stop it and couldn't uh, couldn't start it back up. I, I've heard it's amazing, but I still but not yes, he is a legend. He is his movies aren't huge, right? But they're like cult like. They're mm-hmm. weird. And he has a huge following. Yeah, and he's got he's been nominated for best director three times by the Academy. Uh, probably the closest he ever came was for Mulholland Drive. That was probably the closest yeah. he's ever come to actually winning any of those. The, I mean, he's so well so well liked and so well respected throughout mm-hmm. the film industry. In 2020, the, the Academy gave him like a lifetime achievement award. So like, you should have some hardware from well, us. And everyone, if you look at any of the making of a reading thing. They love David Lynch. Yeah. Every he works with everybody over and over again. They will do whatever they want. Like he seems like the best guy to work for. Yeah. So, so he gets this film, and you know, like I said, it's kind of cursed from the beginning. He wanted to say a lot of things, and look, there is a version of this film that, and one of the things about this film. He has disavowed. He has disavowed it basically ever since it came out. It came out to to horrible reviews. It was a complete bomb at the box office. It had a forty million dollar budget, which back in nineteen eighty four would have been like That's a lot of money, like one hundred fifty today, one hundred fifty million or something like that yeah, today. Oh yeah, easy. Uh, it only made thirty million at the box office, so obviously it lost quite a bit of money. Not a huge bomb. No, it's not. But you know, ten million dollars back then would be like probably forty oh, or fifty million today. So yeah. Uh, so like I said, it it doesn't do well at the theaters. He disavows it, and one of the issues is one of the issues that this film has, it doesn't make any sense if you haven't read the book. Uh, right. The only reason I can it, follow this thing is because I had read the book. Had I not watched in part one, <laughs> I wouldn't have made any sense. And I was still confused. What, what blows my mind is how the Star, all the Star Wars movies have come out by now. Yeah. Including Jedi. Mm-hmm. Which he almost did. Let's yeah, talk about did. that. Yeah. David Lynch. Oh, George Lucas wanted him. This movie looks terrible at times. Yeah. With the special effects, which is wild, because you would have thought that they would adapted more to what Star Wars did. What this reminds me of the most is Flash Gordon, which was a terrible movie from <laughs> 1980, which Queen did the soundtrack right, for. Yeah. So they get Toto for for, for this, this movie. Mm-hmm. But like. 
it has this it has the same look the same kind of campiness which i'm surprised because it was a big bomb too yeah and i'm surprised they would like lynch would copy that instead of copy what lucas is doing well when i went into this film so let me give you some backstory on how i came to this film so 2021 uh the Dune Part 1, the Denis Villeneuve, which we discussed. If you haven't listened to it, you haven't gone back and listened to our discussion on Part 1. That We released that on Friday night. Uh, it's coming out. Uh, it looked amazing in the trailers. Like, I definitely want to see this film. This looks absolutely amazing. And it is. It is absolutely an amazing film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'll read the book. Uh, the, the I'll go ahead and read the book. Uh, it's a long book. but So I started probably three or four months ahead of time thinking... I would need quite a bit of time to get through because it's like 700, 800 pages long. I don't remember exactly how long. Uh, but I read through it in like two or three days. I was just completely, you know, overwhelmed by it. I was like, I just need to find as much time as possible. Anytime, whenever I was, I was reading it, and I was like, anytime I have a spare minute, I'm going to pop up my iPad, check it, t- turn on Kindle, and, and read as much of this as I possibly can. Uh, and so after I read it, I was like, well, now I've got to wait like a few months. I've got a few months to get till I get to the to the film. I was expecting not to have this much time, so I was like, so one night in probably July of 2021, I was like, you know what? I want to turn on the 1984 version. The 1984 version was one of my mother's favorite films. I I'd, I'd never seen it. I'd you know I'd be walking by. She watched it occasionally, and I would see like little glimpses of it, but I, I never really paid attention to it. I know it's one of her favorite films. So this is how I came to this film. I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and check it out. And I like posted on Facebook and Twitter. I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm getting ready to start this. Don't know what it's like. I've heard really mixed things about it. And I had some people in my Facebook friends that were like, don't listen to them. It's great. It's fantastic. So I was like, okay, well, good. This makes, this excites me. And the very opening of this thing, because I went into this film yeah. looking, I was like, this is 1984. I'm not going to let 1984 visual effects affect yeah, my yeah. affect my opinion of this film. And that is true, because this looks like it was done in the 60s. There is so much of this thing that looks 20 years dated from where it should have been. It, 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 uh, that's what I was talking about, the Flash yeah. Gordon aspects. It looks really dated like why would again why didn't you copy lucas i will say when i watched this i thought it was a fun watch oh like i don't know if i would watch this again because i think on the second watch which i think you've mentioned yes watch it second time it's not as good i had fun i was texting you (laughs) while i was watching it you know on certain parts like why is sting in his in his drawers you know like when i got to the pug scene you were like I had to I had to text you about the. It's like is Patrick Stewart carrying a pug? <laughs> like there's stuff that's so wild in here. Right. It's fun to watch. Like I don't regret watching this. No. I, wa- the funny thing is, my wife was like, "When we're watching something, she had to get up. She's like, you don't have to stop it.'" <laughs> so she, she went and got a drink with the bathroom. She's like, "Just keep watching." So that was funny. Oh, when we yeah. watched Dude Part One last night. You know, she got up. She's like, "Oh, okay, I want to watch this." Pause it. <laughs> so, but I was, but I will say, I was into this. This is, if you're going to have a campy movie that's fun to watch, this is it. It will makes no sense at times. No, it doesn't. And look, I, and I'm, also I'm, the ending where it when it turns, uh, turns to where they where they're with the the Freemans. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just it's. Like a bizarre yeah. last half of the movie. Yeah, it is. And 
so like let me get, kind of get back to that. Yeah, Fredman, the Fredman. So when when I was watching this, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is not good. But you're right, I had fun watching it. So I was just yeah. overwhelmed. Like this is how they're doing some of this stuff. Really, what what would make yeah. you do? The things you had decided to do in this film. Like, why are you making some of the decisions that you're making? Why are you doing some of these things? And like I said, I was having a great time the first time I watched it. I was posting things on Twitter. I was having a blast. I mean, it was... And, and all the people you recognize, like you oh, know, yeah. Patrick Stewart, who looks about the same. He's 44 here. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, at some point, Linda Hunt walks in doing yeah. some weird stuff. And I recognize Brad Dorif, who plays uh, Peter... Uh, uh, I recognize him. He was in Deadwood. He was in Lord of the Rings. Right. Uh, like I said, we, we talked about Dean Stockwell. Oh, we talked about him, the Dean. Uh, we talked about him, the Dune 2021 right. version. Like, he walks in. I was like, oh, man, it's my it's my guy from Quantum Leap with a horrific mustache just yeah. giving away he's going to be a villain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like I said, it's it, the, the cast is not the problem. There's a lot, there's a lot of really good... That is a great cast. Uh, But like I said, so much... Kyle McLaughlin is really good. Yeah, he is. He's really good. And I feel bad for him because, like, he was supposed to be, like, the next uh, Harrison Ford. I mean, people people thought this was going to be due for... This this would do for him, like, what the Star Wars films that Indiana Jones did for Harrison Ford. And he, like, comes a little bit toxic after this because... He yeah. he still has a good career. Don't get me wrong. He still has a good career. You if you look it. at his career, I forgot all the stuff he's been in. Yeah, he has been killing it on TVs the last twenty five years. Yeah, but like you said, he's not Harrison Ford. No, he's not, and that's what kind of people kind of thought was going to be the case. Is he was going to be propelled into stardom because this movie was going to be huge for him? Uh, look, this was well. He's he's too old for the part. Yeah, he is. He's too old. And he looks he look like Chalamet looks like a kid. This is. He looks like a man. He looks like a man. I mean, he is 14 years younger than uh, Francesca Annis, who plays Lady Jessica. Yeah. He doesn't look 14 years younger thing. than her. They look like they're a couple. They do. They really do. A little flirty, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Like, I was like, that's his mother, right? I was, you know. Yeah, you, you, that's correct. Like I said, I mean, when you watch it, you're like, are we sure that's really his mom? Are, are we 100% positive well, about I all that? I knew Sean Young was in this. And, mm-hmm. and Lady Jessica kind of looks like Sean Young. Yeah, she and I was does. like, "Is that Sean Young?" And then I was like, a while, I was like, "No, that's not her. That woman's probably older than Sean Young is, because Sean Young's very young in this." Yeah. Uh, but I was like, "It's it's kind of weird." Like, yeah, it is. You, you're correct. It's it's kind of weird. Uh, but like I said, they just do a lot of weird things. And look, I will say this about David Lynch. When David Lynch did this film, when he when he got done editing and when he got done completing it. He had a three-hour film. That's what he had. He had it down to three hours. And I'm sure it probably told a more complete story that makes a lot more sense. Because we go from leaving Caladan to getting to Dune to being overtaken to becoming a Fremen to becoming a Messiah figure all in about two hours and 15 minutes. It goes by so fast. And... Yeah, it does. And you're just like, wow. What? How did we get from... Well, hasn't Lynch... Disvowed this movie. That's what I was getting yeah. so badly. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. So he has a three-hour film. There's a, th- and I'm not, I would not be surprised if my mother didn't because she had like back in you know the 1980s and 1990s, you could get like five different versions of every film. You could get yeah. a, an extended cut version. You could get a theatrical right. cut version. You could get a widescreen version. You could get a, a 
a TV set version. I mean, so like I said, she had probably every single one of them. Yeah, and, go ahead. Well, we got to talk about Jamal for a second. She's no longer with us. I don't know if you you know. Made no, that, I'm not. Yeah, I've not said that. She, she passed away in 2007. Uh, yeah. So what do you? What was? What do you think she loved about this movie? Why she read the book? Uh, she okay. She, she did read the book. Yeah, she's read and she read it multiple times. From what, for if I remember correctly, okay. she, she she was a huge fan. That's one of the things about this. This was a highly anticipated film because yeah. of the there is such a cult following with the book because it is one considered one of the greatest sci -fi, science fiction novels of all time. And like I said, I've read the book too, and it it is fantastic. And now I've only read it once, so I probably don't remember everything quite as well as I would like to. But she read the book. She loved the book, okay. and she read she. Uh, watch this movie and like i said there's a lot of actual book readers that do like this because they do try to get and this is where you start talking about adaptations when you start talking about adaptations to get an adaptation right you have to when you make changes or when you decide to keep things in you have to make the right decisions there and mm -hmm. and a lot of people think David Lynch tried to keep the right things in. Uh, I would disagree. Okay. Uh, that's what yeah. I, I would disagree with that. Uh, but a lot of people think that he did. Uh, like he tried to keep the weirding way in, and he makes this weird decision to have these like sound machines that shoot these sonic blasts. It's yeah. Like I don't know what he was because like in the book they talk about the weirding way, and it's not really described like. Like when I'm sitting there reading the book on it, I'm like, it's probably just like a really fancy way of fighting. And if you watch the 2001, 2021 version, I tried to kind of dance around this when we were talking about it. Well, you kind of see this when Duncan Idaho is fighting. You see this when Paul has his vision when he's in full Fremen mode in the part one version, and he just like just has this incredibly stylized version of fighting where he takes out all these guys in this vision and then he takes off his hood and he's got the full blue eyes. That's what okay. I was thinking, you know, when I'm hearing the weirding way, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's just the stylized version of fighting. David Lynch, when he sees the weirding way, he's like, sound machines with, I, I have to sing. <laughs> they have this blast. Yeah. And like I said, this is the stuff that just, I didn't mix, but my mom she had to she loved weird movies like there were a lot of movies that she would watch that nobody else would watch like i know this was received well it got some oscar buzz because of the set design uh but a movie that came out in late 80s early 90s uh the adventures of baron munchausen uh it's yeah a, yeah yeah have yeah. you seen that I've never seen it, but I know it's it's Terry Gilliam. I think yeah. is the director. Yeah, he's from the, the director from the Monty Python, and it's yeah, weird. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's people love it. Though. Yeah, it's people, weird. I think people but, like it more than this. Oh I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, it's been well received. It was a well received film, but yeah. I don't know a ton of people in my life that have well, seen it. <laughs> you're forgetting something else that your mom loves. What's that? Pugs. You okay, said your yeah. mom loves pugs. I know. I was going to get that. I didn't want to get to the pug yet. So I tell you what. Let's take a break and then let's discuss the pug. I can't wait to discuss the pug, but I think we need to take a break before we do that. So let's do yeah. a break and then we'll come back to that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so pugs. 
I, I will never forget this. When I'm watching this in 2021, when did you first clock the pug? I'm just curious. When did you first notice the pug? Uh, it was... So Duke had the pug earlier in the movie and I caught him with it. And I'm trying to remember why. The first time I clocked it when I watched it in 2021 is when the pug like walks up to the family as they're getting ready to leave or something like that. That's what okay. That may have been yeah. And so like the second, I will, I will be honest. The second time I watched this, I did not finish it. I tried my best to finish it. I couldn't do it. Uh, now look, here's the thing. Because I'll say this because you were right and I said this before. A rewatch of this by yourself is is painful. It is absolutely yeah, painful. Yeah, yeah. Now. If I had been there, like when you were watching, I probably would have had a blast on the second oh, time. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, when you started yeah. texting me, I was like, "Oh, oh, it's going to get better, right? It's going to get yeah, better." Yeah. Like when, yeah, you, yeah. when you first text me, you're like, "I'm 20 minutes. This, this is like the best worst movie I've ever seen." Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, he hasn't even gotten to the pug yet." And like 20 minutes yeah. later, I'm getting Patrick Stewart holding a pug as he charges into battle. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Yep, there it is. I was waiting for it." Uh, but so. Well, my wife wasn't paying attention. I was like, Kim, you didn't say that. Like, <laughs> like, uh, it's because it's like at first I was like, wait, is, is that does he have the dog in his hands? <laughs> so like I said, I clocked it the first time when the dog walks up to them. But second time I was on I was on pug. Like, yeah. Okay, so I'm looking. Look, the pug actually shows up a little bit sooner. There's a scene where Duke Leto is like writing in a journal or something like this. I don't remember what. But the pug is is by his side on the floor, just sitting like a good dog would and, sit. And Dave, David Lynch added the pug. The pug is not in the book. The pug is not in the book. The pug is nowhere in the book. And the problem is, like we said, David Lynch is disavowed. He will not talk about this film. He will not discuss it at all. So he's not going to tell you why. Because if anybody brings it up, he's like, I, I don't talk about that. I, I, you know, I don't ever want to go down that road again. That's not something I want to do. So you can't get a straight answer on why he puts the bug in. So I That's tried crazy. To, I tried to find out, you know, why is this pug in here? If you go like why is like if you start typing why is a pug and it's like the the, the top result that pops up <laughs> is in Doom 1984. Uh, so I went and searched for it. Apparently the best thing that anybody can come up with, if you look at the like the costumes that all the Atreides and all the Atreides soldiers are wearing, it they, looks like it's something from like the renaissance period in europe and one of the mm -hmm. one of the most popular things that if you look at those paintings the ruling class the kings the queens they had pugs they liked them as lap dogs okay and so apparently most people have have theorized that david lynch was trying to bring like this bit of history into this very futuristic world by giving these dukes these you know this royal class a pug, because that's what they did back in those times, but it's not anywhere in and, the book. And, and your mom and pugs, what, what's the deal? All there? right, so here's the deal. Grew up, we when I was growing up, we had uh, two dogs. When I, when I was probably like five years old, five or six, we got a black Lhasa Apsa. Her name was Duchess. Uh, and we got probably a little bit later than that, uh, we got a white Maltese uh, named Buffy. And those were our two dogs growing up. Uh, they lived a long time. They don't end up dying until 2003 uh so Jeez. yeah they lived a long time now last five years of their life were not so great i'll just go ahead and tell you that much right now uh they weren't so great but and that's like they were deteriorating big time i mean there was i mean towards the end of their lives i mean my stepfather loved 
these two dogs. Loved them, and he just could not bring himself to put them down. He just he just couldn't do it. Uh, he 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 would put them in the car to take them to the vet to do it, and he ended up turning right back around because he just couldn't do it. Uh, but like you're end up just like just, they just had to literally be carried everywhere at, towards the end of their lives. But and my mom, you know, she loved those dogs too, but they weren't really dogs at that point. Uh, and yeah. so she'd always wanted a pug. And my stepdad surprised her one day, and he brought her home a black pug. Uh, and when she did, when he did that, I'd forgotten about this because I didn't realize, you know, I, I wasn't putting two and two together at the time. She started watching Dune a lot more after she gets the pug. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I, I didn't know why. I wasn't really sure. I was like, well, and she would like because she loved the dog. I mean, she. Please God, tell me the dog's name was Paul or Lady no, Jessica. I, but he, okay, not it wasn't. But the official name for the dog because it was an, an AKC registered dog, and the official name on the the on the papers was Maximilian of the Puggy Pie. That's what she. Uh called the dog and it was just max is what we called the dog but uh but yeah oh god and like i said she loved this dog she would get the dog she would take max and go watch dune watch. and they would watch dune together and like i said they loved it and oh god and my this poor dog i felt so bad for max because i told you but that's two previous dogs my stepdad loved the animals he was always resistant at first whenever we got one but he like just became putty in their hands once we got him and my stepdad, whenever he would fix himself anything to eat, whenever he would stop home from on his way home from work, because he worked a uh, four to midnight shift, and he would always get like a hamburger or something on the way home uh, before he came home, he would get them a burger. He would get them. Oh, Lord. And the thing is, those two dogs, they never got bigger. They were always, you know, well in, you know, well within yeah. like the weight limits. But the problem is like they would go upstairs in front of my brother in my room and like, poop the most nasty stuff uh, you've ever seen in your uh, life and so he kept doing this with max because he's like those two dogs are fine i was kept trying to tell him like you weren't upstairs cleaning up their messes but the dog got big. max did not hold it well he, he got pretty big so like i said i felt really bad for him uh uh because it was really sad to watch uh, like i said my dad my stepdad loved the dog and he thought he was doing good but you know this is this is my plea to you as if you're a dog owner don't feed your dog people food because it's it's not good y'all it's really just not our dog doesn't eat people food at all because of this so uh but yeah like i said this is one of, like i said she like rediscovered her love of this film when she gets a because pug, pug. That's yeah hilarious. so was your mom a fan of sting we gotta we gotta talk about Sting. yes i mean i mean yeah obviously i mean you know there's the look part of it but it, the, she was a huge fan of, like i remember she had like tons of records of the police uh before he wow. broke off uh then obviously when he does break and off around so, uh, this time yeah it's about this time so and like i said so he is so wild at this movie oh he's it's insane just what he's doing and it's you know, also butler is playing that part yeah that's one of the things i was really interested in when the 2021 version came out i saw nobody playing fade routha i was like is he not putting this character in there and he doesn't and i was like how is he going to do this and when that, it's part two it's like oh he's just saving him for for part two so well and it makes sense because in the first part of this he doesn't have a whole lot to do so just wait and save yeah. him for the second part so will Austin butler have a diaper scene i doubt it <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they're doing with some of this stuff that's the thing i just don't understand why you put uh, him in this man diaper thing, man. like yeah and like 
he's like he's so skinny. Yeah, I mean, he's so skinny. Yeah, it's a, just a bizarre scene. And his fight, the fight at the end, Sting, Sting's going for it. I, I, I'm proud of him. Yes. He looks like he's having a blast. And uh, it appears behind the scenes, uh, Patrick Stewart and Sting had a good time. Patrick Stewart has just great memories of filming this. Oh, he was in a bad part. It's and this was a good paycheck and it lasted a while right, yeah. and like so he just has great memories but like Sting is going for it yeah, yeah, he I is. gotta give it to him yeah he is like I said and that I don't know that he's done a lot of acting since then so I don't know if like this was yeah, something I, he didn't want to pursue or if this movie ruined it for him I, I don't know but um, like I said we don't really see right, I, I don't See, remember him acting much. I have to look at that while we're talking. Yeah, yeah, like I said, so I'm not really sure if he just decided that this wasn't for him after this movie went out. But excuse me, but we don't really see him. Uh, you talked about Patrick Stewart. He yeah. was he was in the the Adventures of Baron Munchausen too. Oh, was he really? Okay, maybe that's another reason. We're starting to see so much of Bob. Your wife was a huge Sting fan. <laughs> she was. She was definitely a Sting fan. Like I said, uh, there's no question about that. So, um, but when. When Paul Stewart, like, I didn't know uh, anything about this film coming against Patrick Stewart. I'm sorry. When Patrick Stewart shows up, I'm like, holy crap, Patrick Stewart's in this film? Uh, and, like, he looks so good. He does. He looks like he does today. I mean, there's, yeah. when you're bald, you Patrick can. Patrick Stewart is 80. Yeah, he does. And he, he looks like he's about 40 because he's bald. Uh, that's, yeah. uh, the, like, the, that's just something that just continue to do. No, I'm sorry. I think Patrick Stewart's like 85 or something. I'm going to look at that while we're talking. He's, he's much older than I thought he was. He's, he's, He's in his mid eighties, if I'm not mistaken, because I think he was eighty when that first. Yeah, season he's eighty three. He's yeah. eighty three. I say I thought he was like seventy nine or eighty when that first season of Picard came out. So, uh, but he shows up in this thing. I'm like, wow, and like they don't really know what to do with this because in the book, Gurney Halleck has this weird musical instrument that he plays. It's kind of like a guitar, and so like he, I'm shocked they didn't break that out. <laughs> yeah, well, did you not see like he's carrying it when he first comes in? That's right, he is carrying the and, guitar. Yeah, and yeah. they don't do anything else with it. Like the, I'm shocked. They don't. And it, like the only reference they give to it in the 2021 version is when they're getting ready to do the fight scene with Gurney and Paul because Gurney's just kind of like trying to like get him ready. Uh, yeah. Uh, Paul just says, you know, play us a song today. I'm not, I don't, I'm not in the mood or something like that. It's the only reference to him having any musical talent. And and like I said, yeah. the, they don't really know how to do that, so they just have this large giant guitar thing that he just kind of brings in for yeah. for no reason. Uh Another interesting decision. So, the guild. In the book, the only real alien creature we see are sandworms. That's the only real alien creature we see. And the, the guild is the the fish. Uh, looking, yeah, that creature they bring I think in. It's weird. Yeah, like weird. When they when like in the first five minutes of this film, after you get the long exposition dumped by Virginia. Oh. The only cool was like that was a very young, I saw Patricia Madison was yeah. like twenty two. Yeah, she was. She looked. I mean, just you know, beautiful looking. Like and just the way she's delivered. But God, that lasted a long time. It did. Like I said, that's that's an incredibly long exposition dump that she's giving us in her in her introduction. Oh, and, it's, and it sounds like that was added later because they're like, we need to do some introduction. Uh, maybe it was. Now I will say this is one thing a lot of book readers like because. The book is basically being narrated by Princess Arulan. Uh So yeah. that's one of the things I think that a lot of people like is that she's 
kind of doing that in in this so okay but uh like i said i just thought it was way too long and I, and I, it, it yeah. felt like 30 minutes on the second viewing of this yeah. thing i was like oh my yeah. gosh is she ever going to stop uh but when i saw that when they bring in this giant covered things like what in the world is in this i was like i don't remember this from the book whatsoever and there's that weird creatures like yeah this is not in the book so this is the guild that like kind of oversees arrakis and the spice trade and i'm not really exactly sure what all the role the guild plays but i was like this is a choice like this is the first time like this is going to have some weird decisions isn't it and this was the first one i was like wow we're really going down a strange road here with all this and like and this is where like in this version compared to 20 like this version Everyone wants to kill Paul. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, everyone is. But you never really hear that in the other version. Not not to this degree. Yeah, and that's one of the things I don't like about this version of it is because like they just kind of give away the whole plot here in the very beginning. Like like the emperor says, all right, and I will, you will, we will give the we will give Arrakis to the the Atreides, and I will, but and I will betray them and have the Harkonnens come in and basically wipe them out. Like they they say that from the beginning. Yeah. They they don't come out and just tell you that in in well, the 2021 version and dean stockwell with his mustache gives away he's going to be a villain yeah and this look this is not this isn't uh, specific to do 1984 we talked about this when we talked about the 2021 version you know we had a really bad thing that we would do where we would like try to get white actors to play you know yeah. ethnic characters because a this character if you read the book is very much can, you can tell that they're he's trying that well, his last name is Hugh. Yeah, yeah. So he's trying Huey. So they're trying to give a somebody who would probably look Asian, and they if you look at Dean Stockwell's character in this thing, you can tell they're like trying to make him look Asian, even though he's very much a white guy. Uh, like I said, this is not just a Dune problem. Yeah. This was very much filmmaking yeah. problem up until probably like the mid two thousands. So, but, and, and funny thing, uh, Dean Stockwell and Jurgen Prochnow, who plays Duke Leto. They are the villains in Beverly Hills Cop 2. They're the villains together. Oh, are they? Okay. I haven't seen Beverly Hills yeah. Cop 2, so I've seen the first oh, one. But I seen the one. Uh, real quick, I'm going to go back to the pug. What were your thoughts when Patrick Stewart picked up the pug and yells, Long live Lord Leto to lead them into battle? What were My your first thoughts? thought was, why is this Jeff not the most popular Jeff <laughs> in the world? It is insane. What happens to the pug after he runs well, the crowd? What's great about that is, like, as soon as I clocked the pug, I was like, wait, but there's a dog. And, like, I'm, like, clocking, like, we're close to, like, the betrayal scene and, like, the Harkonnens invading. Yeah. And, like, I'm now instantly worried about the dog. It's like, what's going yeah. to happen to the dog? And, like, I'm worried about this dog. And then when, like, he when Because the dog just when patrick stewart picks up he just appears out of nowhere Uh, (laughs) he just just wanders up and he picks it up like i'm like where are you thinking like when this scene takes place what is your thought process like do you really think this looks as cool as you as you think it does i i would have loved to been in the conversation when they convinced okay patrick now you pick up the pug and run And like to, to the, when that scene came on, like I found, I went and found a screenshot on the internet, and it has been my Twitter profile header uh, ever since, and it will never ever change. Like I said, it's I just cannot believe more people don't talk about that GIF. Oh yeah, like I said, it's it's it to me, it is like the greatest unintentionally funny scene it is. I've ever it seen. Is. So, uh, all right, some other things. So we talked about. Let's talk about the weirding machines. Like I said, this is the strangest decision to me that they. 
make this like style of fighting they turn it into like these sonic boom creator things i don't know but yeah. also and look like i'll admit I, I i did not finish it the second time around so maybe i forgot something but they get destroyed like in the harkonnen invasion the machines do but they're all using them did somebody recreate them because like i said i, I didn't finish I, the second I, version I, I, I missed that okay because they all get destroyed and so like how do they have them again all of a sudden here in in yeah, the second I, I, half I missed that. these are things i need answers to because like it's just like oh now they're all back so it's in that three hour and 45 minute cut of this movie i guess but my guess is it probably is and it's probably in a cut of this movie that we just never ever actually got so uh the fremen then we don't even meet stilgar until they show up in the in the 84 version correct he, yeah, we meet him. Okay, yeah, I know we met him, but we—it's much later in the film, right? Or is it? Yeah, the, yeah, I think we meet him when they're in the caves, or whatever. Yeah, like I said, they don't get us this early introduction to him. No, no, like no. We got, I don't think so. And that—that's right, like, right. in the books. So like we get this early introduction to him in the 2021 version, so we have no feeling for him when we get to the Fremen version. I wasn't really sure what they were doing with that character. Yeah. Uh, that's another issue that I have. Like I said, I don't really know what they're well, doing with Stilgar. Can we talk about the sandstorm. Yes, go ahead and talk about it. What What, what are your thoughts? Well, like you. We talked about uh, earlier in the 2021, the first, the first version, this looks good. Yeah. When it comes out, I was like, all right, fine. You know, that looks good. Oh, you the sandworm, with the sandworm. Okay, you the said sandworm, sandstorm. Sandworm. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's that song. I'm sorry. <laughs> when the sandworm comes out, I was like, that's cool. It looks good. Yeah. You know, and, and when it's coming out of the sand. And then they decide to make Kyle McLaughlin, to Paul rot it. Yeah. It looks so terrible. Like, why did they think that would look good? Yeah, you're correct. Because, like I said, when, I couldn't remember when I saw this the first time. Uh, because this is a huge moment in the book. It's it's one of the most pivotal okay. moments in the book when you see the sandworm for the first time. Because they are so feared and so terrifying to the people that are there. Uh, to At least to outsiders. People who haven't lived on the planet. And obviously, the Fremen, you know, they kind of, you know, they feel at one with them. Yes, they are terrifying. Yes, they are dangerous. But they still have have respect for them and that's the reason they ride them all this type of stuff uh but that first time you see it like i said it looks a little bad when it's like making its approach that you can obviously tell that's a miniature set that they're making the approach with but when it emerges from the sand and like eats the 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 spice collector i was like oh that actually doesn't look that bad that actually looks pretty good yeah and, yeah, yeah. and then you're correct when when paul goes to ride it it is this obviously stationary prop that they have set up and yeah. they're like David Lynch must have been like, all right, Kyle, I want you to make it look like you're struggling to get on this stationary object. Yeah, like it's yeah. getting away from you and you really are struggling. It's it's a, it's an impossible thing that they are trying to do. It's, it's bad. It looks horrible. I was like, oh, yeah, the sustained rooms yeah. don't look that great no more. Oh, crap. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's, uh, we got to talk about a couple other things. Aaliyah, the, the daughter. Oh, yeah, go ahead. All of a sudden, Lady Jessica's pregnant. Like what? Yeah, that's and then like, and, and then they're like this of like narration, and then the baby grows into a child very quickly. Like whatever. It's like what? Yeah, the the baby all of a sudden is is there. Uh, it's like four years old. And I shout out Alicia Witt, uh, actress you still see today. Yeah, you know is is playing is playing the child. Aaliyah just steals the movie after that. Like, she is <laughs> hilarious. And when she uh, takes out the bear and she's like, chop, 
Yeah, she was. Yeah, it, it, and like I said, all of that is true to the film, to the book, in terms of that's all there. That's all in. That's all in the book. If I remember, at least I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure she Denise, kills Denise. You think Denise gonna add Aaliyah in the weirdness? Well, I mean, if you watch the 2021 version, there is that scene where uh, Paul tells her. I know you're pregnant, and and she says, okay. and she says, how do you know? I, I barely know myself, so it's going to come into. I don't know how much they're going to. I, th- I guess they're probably going to. Do, they'll do like a time lapse because that's basically what happens in the book. There's like a time lapse where like all of a sudden it's four years later, uh, yeah. and the, the child has gotten older and uh, is like kind of like this little troublemaker and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll be really interested to see how they handle that in this, uh, in the in the part two yeah. version. It, it's it, it's it's you're right. It's it's kind of hysterical watching it in this. I, it is. I it don't is. think that will be the case if they end up doing it. No, I agree. In the 2021 2024 version of it, so um, that will and, be something interesting to watch. And I got I got one more thing we have to discuss. What's that? The Baron. The it's stuff disgusting. On his face. He's disgusting. Yes. A milking cat? What? The, what is the deal with the Baron? Well, what's I guess, the Baron like in the book? The Baron, he is described as being large and that he can't walk because, and it's like I said, if you listen to our version, our discussion of the 2021 movie, what they're basically doing, what he kind of represents, at least this is what I got from him when I read it. They don't actually come out and say it, but what they come out and what it, he kind of represents overindulgence. You know, just gluttony, greed, anything I want, I will not deny myself of. And he's because of that, he has gotten so large, he can't walk anymore. So he has basically this specialized suit that allows him to levitate wherever he goes because he can't walk. He's just gotten so large and so big. I never once, when I was reading it, thought he would have these boils that like leaked and things like that. Uh. I just got the feeling that he was just this really large, large overweight yeah. dude like so grotesquely over overweight which is, he is in the new yeah. version of this okay yeah. uh, but i never got that sense uh, maybe some people did i don't know uh but we haven't even talked about probably the most annoying part of this entire film and we talked about this when we talked about doing part one there is the reason why this movie doesn't get made until 1984 because the book was written in 1965 People thought it couldn't be turned into a film. And when this film came out, it's like, oh, yeah, you can't really make a film about this. So they say, wait, 37 more years to make another yeah. one. Is yeah. because there is a ton of inner dialogue in uh, yeah. in Paul's head and <laughs> yeah. in some of the other characters. And for whatever reason, they decide to give everyone this insanely annoying whisper narration. Yeah, I know. He can see me. It's me. It's me, Paul. (laughs) And it, the first time I didn't like it, it, the second time I wanted to throw my TV off of the wall. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was horrible. That was awful, awful. Especially when, um, Lady Jessica and uh, what's 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 the lady that the put your hand in a box woman? Oh, the uh, uh, Ben H. Israel mother. I can't remember her. What's yeah, her actual the title? Mother. Reverend Mother. Reverend Mother. Yeah. Her. Her. I, I want to talk about she her. For was a second really too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was really bad. Yeah. She she was creepy, but like her whispering was really bad. Yeah. Now I also want to talk about her because the decision to give the Reverend Mother the haircut that my 
father-in-law has where he's bald <laughs> on top but has hair. Yeah, what's the deal with that? <laughs> around the side. And then Lady Jessica all of a sudden has it at the end of the movie. Yeah, like, I, I guess because yeah, I guess she's the Reverend Mother at this point. I don't know. I'm not really sure about all that. But What uh, is the deal with that haircut? I, I don't know. Like I said, that that's a choice. And I, I hope and pray they didn't actually cut those women's hair like that. I know. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping they did some prosthetic wigs or something like that because that wow. was... That was just a weird decision altogether, but um, yeah, like I said, but this whispering thing, like I said, it's the it's yeah. the very definition of telling and not showing, and that's what you don't want to do because right. in the twenty twenty one version, there is none of this. There is all they are. What yeah. Villeneuve basically does is he says, "I need you to show how they're feeling by your facial right. expressions, by the way you respond, the way you yeah. act, and that's what they do. You don't have to yeah. have this whisper narration." Yeah. just wants to make you kill someone. I'm just going to be honest. All this weird stuff almost makes you want to watch it again. <laughs> like I said, it's, if I were there with it's somebody... It's fun. If I were there, it is fun. It is, but if you watch it by yourself for a second yeah, time, you, you won't enjoy it. At least you, I don't think yeah, you will. You if know, you're watching it with someone else for the first time, though, like I said, when you were texting yeah. me, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it's great. It's it's yeah. not good, but it's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I had a good time watching it the first time. Like the yeah. second time, I yeah. was just, I don't know, I was just not having it. Um, what do you think about the ending? Just curious. The way that it just kind of ends. Uh, you could tell, just like this dude part one, they thought they were getting three movies. Well, and I will say this, that's the way the book ends. I mean, it just ends. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so like when I came to the end of the book, it's like, Wait a minute, this is it? I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Why are we just kind of ending like here? It has a weird well, I read something Virginia Madsen and Kyle McLaughlin had signed up for three movies. Oh, had they? Okay, I didn't realize it. They just on them coming out 84, 85, 86. Oh, wow. That was ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, so I'll be really interested to see what happens with the part two if they do just end it like that. I think they're probably going yeah. to go into a little bit of uh, Dean Messiah, which is yeah. the second book, but I have not read that one, so I'm not real sure. Uh, I don't know. Just like I said, when I was rewatching this film, I just got taken back to the first time. I was like, I was wondering, like, you know, I can see kind of why my mom liked it. She The, the costume designs. Oh, yeah. The costume designs. There's some weird things like the the solder car look like they're wearing like flame retardant suits. I'm not really sure what they were yeah. wearing. Uh, but like I said, the Atreides soldiers, you know, kind of like that old Renaissance European era. It kind of seems like what they're doing with, yeah. with that one, which is it that like I said, when they're not doing visual effects, it looks good. The the scene where they're doing like the traveling from Caladan to to Arrakis. They spend mm-hmm. like five minutes on this awful, awful looking CG sequence, like where this yeah, weird yeah. creature looks like he's like farting them out into uh, uh, into uh, yeah. the new area. <sighs> w- w- one point, they looked like a testicle on the screen. This big blob. Yeah, it was. There was some weird stuff. There and, was some weird stuff. And like I said, they spent like five minutes on that. And the book uh, doesn't, if I remember correctly, the book never really. It just says. They, they 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 travel and then like times folds on itself because of the spice and that's all they do and like Denny Villeneuve yeah. like does exactly what you're supposed to do like oh, we don't we're not going to worry about showing this you don't need to show it so let's not yeah. worry about it uh, because they're just there on Calden next thing you know they're at they're at Arrakis and but here we got to spend five minutes there talking about time is folding upon itself and space is oh, folding and uh, it's yeah. it's. 
it was it's odd. wild. It is. It's an absolutely wild. But movie. it's it's still fun. Oh yeah, it is. Like I said, there's no question about it. It's fun uh, just to take it all in. And like I said, if yeah. if you love this movie because you think it is truly a great movie. You know, God bless you. God bless you. Exactly. Like I said, my mother was the same way. I don't know how many times she watched this. I, I will, the one thing I remember seeing when I would like occasionally walk by is seeing people standing in his underwear. No, that was not the place. <laughs> it's just the shields, like when they're like standing in blocks. Oh, yeah. Like, what is that? Why are they? Why are they in blocks? Oh, they uh, look so terrible. Yeah, uh, and that's the, the podcast you list that you sent me. The the shat the podcast, whatever it was, shat the eighties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They make a really good point because they overdo this part of it because the book always talks about the slow blade, the slow blade penetrates the shield. Yeah. They put that line in the new version once. They say it a lot in this in the eighty four version, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, but they overdo this because the action scenes are terrible in, yeah, in yeah, this, yeah, and it's because it's because they overdo that slow blade thing. Like right. they're moving yeah. so slow, and like in the new ones, just like if you're just fighting, that's why you can. Get, that's how you break through the shield. You just fight. Yeah. The point of the shield is to keep bullets and laser guns and stuff like that from from getting. Yeah. It's not supposed to like make you like just barely move to penetrate the shield. Right. So. Uh, anyway. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about with this? Um, like I said, I can't really think of anything else. I, I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, all. I think we did. Uh, like I said, I will I will forever have fond memories of this simply because of the pug. The pug just... Yeah, the pug. It's the best. It's the, you need to add a pug. Yeah, add I, a pug, pug. I, I would be great if he like threw a pug in like, at the very end. Just, really just, just to really say, you know what? I, I see you, David Lynch. I, I see you. Yeah, so, that would be a nice nice move. It would be so. All right, uh, shall we do our awards then? Let's do it. Here on the Man Attraction Podcast, whenever we wrap up a season or a, a season of television show or a movie, we like to give out six awards, all based on the six characters of Friends. Up first, we have the Rachel, the star of the movie. Who are you giving your Rachel to? I'm going uh, Kyle McLaughlin as Paul. You know, we talked to him. Yeah. You know, uh, he was really good. He did a good job. Yeah, he did. I mean... <sighs> He did what he was asked to do. Uh, yeah. One of the things I also forgot to mention, did you notice, like, even before they got to Arrakis, everyone was sweating profusely. Did you notice no, that? No, I did not notice that. I, I noticed that on the second time. I was like, why are they sweating? They, it looked like a time to kill when everybody's just covered in sweat <laughs> yeah. throughout the entire oh, thing. Yeah. I, I just couldn't understand that, but nevertheless. But, uh, yeah, Colin Malone, I mean, look, he's supposed to be the star. He is. It's... The problems with his performance are some of it is simply just what I think they were going for, the vibe they were going for. Yeah. There's a I lot. Don't think it's him. There's everyone is overacting. This is another reason why this felt like yeah. a '60s movie to me. It felt like acting from the '60s, where everybody was overstating their lines and right, we must right, right. get to the ship. It kind of felt a little Kurt uh, William Shatner-ish. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you sounded like Shatner, and that's kind of the way it felt because they're just like emphasizing every single thing they talked about which is yeah. something that happened in older movies that's just kind of the way they acted and right. i don't know why that was but nevertheless that's what comes across in this film so uh but uh, and he's doing it too but everybody's doing it so uh the joey a character you just was you just enjoyed somebody you just liked who'd you go with i went with two people and it was the two actors that i probably know the most patrick stewart yeah. is gurney and then Virginia Madsen, that's a princess. I always like her, too. So yeah. it, was, it was fun to see her, especially so young. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, because I, I didn't recognize her at first, and I was—I didn't recognize her when I watched this in 2021. When I saw her, I was like, "Who is that?" And I was like, "She looks kind of familiar." And I was like, "Oh, well, that's Virginia Madsen. She's been in quite a bit." So, uh, per- the next is the Chandler, the person who made you laugh the most. Who'd you go with? I'm going with the Leah. She was cracking me up, but she she comes on that the the 30 minutes or so yeah. she's on the film. It's hilarious. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely hilarious. Like I said, I when I read the book and I was reading that you know that that role i was not expecting to get what we got in this movie from that uh it, yeah. it, it's quite hilarious you're, you're correct uh i also give i also gave this to uh linda hunt just because i forgot she was yes. in this uh she's always great yeah. she's great like i said it's not she's not trying to be funny but just her yeah. her line reading it made me laugh so yeah. i gave her this as well so uh the phoebe the oddball of one should you go with by God, we had some contenders for this one, but I, I went with Sting. Yeah, it's Fader Alpha. Uh, Sting, he is having he's having a moment. He's having some fun. I mean, the, the gif of him in his band diaper where he's like got this cra- crazy smile on his face. I, it's just something the fight to scene, he, yeah. he just is bizarre in that. Yeah, he's going for it. God bless him, Sting. Yeah, absolutely. God bless him, to say the least. So. Uh, next is the Monica, just a character who is vital to the story. Who'd you go with? Uh, I did just like I did the other one. I went Paul's parents, Duke yeah. and Lady Jessica. Uh, the the Duke in this one, uh, he is played by, I just lost him. Who played Jorgen Pronchow. Has he been in other Jorgen. stuff? He looked really familiar. Yeah. Like I said, he, I knew him from Beverly Hills Cop too. He'd been in some other stuff. Oh, that's right. You see. said that. I forgot about that. I forgot you said that. Yeah. So, uh, cause I was like, I know I've seen this guy somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll have to look up what all, but he he's he's been around. I think he's still with us. Uh, oh, somebody we didn't even talk about real quick. Max von Sydow shows up in this thing. Yeah, I know. Legendary actor. Like I was like right. when, he, when he popped in, I was like seriously playing uh, Lynette Kynes, who's played by a female in uh, the 2021 version. But like I said, when he shows up, I was like, man, because he does. He's been in so many things. Obviously, yeah. this was later in his career, so it's a it's a smaller role for him, but. I was like, wow, Max von Sydow. That's, a, that's quite a pull for this film. Uh, next, and uh, last but not least, is the Ross. Your least favorite character, who'd you go with? I went with the Baron. Oh, yeah. You have to go with him again, because not only is he awful in the movie, he's disgusting in this movie. He's, yes. He, he is. is re- the sores. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's disgusting to watch. Uh, there's no question yeah. about that. So, All right. Rating time. I, I'll be honest. I, I, I still haven't figured out where I'm going with this. Uh, I'm kind of towards <laughs> it. Uh, at the top of our rating system uh, here on the Main Attraction Podcast is a succession. Beneath the succession is a uh, lost uh, middle of the road force is friends. Beneath the friends is a full house. And bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. What are you rating Dune 1984? Uh, so the legacy of the almost making of this movie, <laughs> which leads to Alien... <laughs> You know, Blade Runner, Return of the Jedi, this, and then, you know, Dune Part 1 is a succession. But I, I, this film, I think I'm giving it friends. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I said, it, it, I think you're correct. It's like the enjoyment that I had watching it is one thing. Like that's probably yeah. either a lost or a succession. Like the, in, yeah. I can't give it a succession because the second time I watched it, it was rough. I, I, I cannot yeah. go up to Succession because well, of that. It, it doesn't make sense at times. No, it doesn't. But that, that's that, why I couldn't give it to Succession. Well, and that's, that's the other thing. Like I said, there is like the ironic 
like this is so bad that it's good enjoyment is is right, one thing. Right, right. Yeah. The quality of the film, <sighs> I gotta go the down video. to a full. I gotta go down to Full House. I I, I would love uh, to give it to friends. I, I would, but think about your mom. What would she want? <sighs> and well, she knew I didn't like a lot of the stuff she watched. She would not <laughs> be surprised. She's like, yeah, he ate a lot of stuff I watched. But look, uh, I got my the reason I love movies. And look, TV not so much. She didn't watch a ton of TV. She she watched movies pretty much all the time. She'd pop a VHS in or DVD in. But the reason I love movies and the reason we probably have this podcast is because of her. And uh, she instilled yeah. a love of film. And like I said, she would watch some good ones. She'd watch some bad ones. Uh, yeah. And like I said, so occasionally when I come across a film that she really enjoyed that I never watched when I was growing up, I'll pop it in. And this is one of them. And like I said, I love her. I, I do. Uh, love you, Mom. Appreciate all you did for us. But I, I just don't see it. I just don't get it on, on this one in terms <laughs> of in truly enjoying the film Like and to watch it. Probably well over a yeah. hundred times in her lifetime. Like that just wow. amazes yeah. me that she could watch this movie so many times. Yeah. So I agree. So like I said, she wouldn't be she wouldn't be she would not be surprised at all that I did not share her same enjoyment of this film. So uh, I love her, but uh, I I just couldn't I just, I just couldn't get on board. Like I said, enjoyed the experience the first time. Uh, it's not something that I, I will probably ever yeah. revisit because like I said, that second time was rough. So all right. Uh, that kind of wraps us up for our coverage of Doom. We're obviously looking forward to uh, Doom Part 2. Uh, getting great reviews already. So, But before we have that, we have some things that we're looking forward to. Obviously, that's probably going to be towards the top of our list for both of us. Uh, but do yeah. you have anything else? I'm going to mention Issa Lopez. Yeah, I'm glad you said Detective has signed up for another season mm-hmm. with her. Yeah. I was shocked. I was shocked she took it. Because let's briefly talk about she has gotten so much hate she has. and just disgust. It's actually, if you just don't agree with how something happens, you don't have to go that far with it and just be disgust. Like the way people have acted, it's just awful. Yeah. It's a TV show, people. It is. I mean, it's, it, and God bless her for deciding to go on with more. I was interested to see what she did next because I yeah. did think she did a she did a good job. She's an interesting filmmaker. I think she was going to have more options. And I was like, wow, I was shocked. I was not shocked there were in another season of True Detective because this has the best ratings of any of them. Yeah, it has the best of all. You know, and so uh, I'm not shocked, but I am shocked she's doing it. And I'm interested to see what she does. Yeah, the only thing I would say, the only real criticism I had of that entire thing was do eight episodes, please, the next time. Because that, yeah. I, I read, well, I did see where it was her decision. It was her decision I, to do I, six. If I, mm-hmm. if I had known that, I would have given it a loss for sure because I was cutting her some slack. Yeah, yeah, it was her decision. She said uh, HBO was pushing her for eight episodes, and she was pretty adamant. She was like, no, I wanted it six. I want to keep it there. Uh, like I said, that's the only yeah. thing. I, that's the my yeah. really, That was my yeah. biggest criticism. I just didn't think they – I thought they rushed it, and it yeah. was a little messy there at the end. But other than that, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, I'll be really interested to see what she does. Like I said, I hope she goes eight episodes next time. Uh, yeah. I think she could really do some really good stuff if she does. So, mm-hmm. uh, what else you got? Anything else? That was it. Uh, thing I'm looking forward to, uh, a couple things. Uh, you mentioned this, uh, 
you actually mentioned this in our podcast for next week. Uh, the new version, the new version of Willy Wonka, is coming out on HBO Max yeah. on March eighth. That'll be fun. Uh, I, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I want to see if it holds up as much. I, I did enjoy it. Look, it's not my favorite film. Don't get me wrong. It well, didn't even make my top ten in 2021, uh, 2023. But I still loved it. I still enjoyed it. My mm-hmm. daughter and I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, so it's it's good. It's got Timothy Chalamet. So obviously we talked quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about him quite a bit tonight. Uh, he's he's good. In, he's not a, he's not the best singer in the world, but he he's good enough for what they want from that. Uh, so that's like I said. If you haven't if you didn't catch it in theaters, I would recommend catching it on Max when it comes out on March eighth. Uh, a couple other things just to get you prepped for what we are doing next week. Uh, obviously we are doing Dune Part Two. We're headed to the theaters to check it out. Cannot wait. It looks like it's going to yeah, be amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've heard it's even as good as Doom Part 1 is. I've heard Doom Part 2 is even better. Uh, so, we're looking forward to that. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Uh, then, on Tuesday of next week, I guess technically it'll be on Wednesday on Hulu, uh, Shogun uh, is getting ready to start. We will be covering it. Uh, it is a 10-episode run of Shogun. Apparently, and I've done some research on this thing, this was like a five-night miniseries back in like 1980. Yeah, yeah, I know it was a big deal back then. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about that when we talk about uh, the uh, the new version. But this is like... Hulu apparently is banking on this. They've like spent more money on this thing than they've like spent on any other show that they've ever done. Uh, wow. The reviews of this... The early reviews are just absolutely fantastic as well. So uh, it's getting quite a bit of praise. So looking, really looking forward to this. Looking forward to discussing it. Uh, also looking forward to really butchering some Japanese names. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> so we have that to look forward to. But other yeah. than that, uh, that's about all we've got for this week. So uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off? Yeah, I appreciate everyone joining us. And we will talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.